Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Teal Time Podcast. I'm Jonathan Heater, along with David Teal. How are you? For the final time in 2018, right? Yeah, well, it, you know, it sounds like we've just had a fresh recording and we not just recorded a different podcast seconds ago. <laughs> Um, but uh, we wanted to, you were both going to be trying to enjoy the holidays as we can with our families. David's actually going to be shortly after the holidays heading uh, to Charlotte and then to Annapolis for bowl games. Um, but we wanted to do a podcast so it wasn't another gap before we actually get to talk again about uh, actual sports. So we, we wanted to chat a little bit about um, what the year that was this year uh, in, in Virginia and maybe a little bit beyond um you know we're not gonna get into the olympics or the world cup um maybe we'll get a tiger reference in there maybe maybe (laughs) um so this is gonna be free form so we'll just chat as things come up okay we'll just have a normal conversation like you and i would normally have um but the year i know started for 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 us in terms of football or or sports in general was with arguably the best college football game i've ever seen in georgia alabama Followed by one of the best Super Bowls we've ever seen in Philadelphia, New England. Um, what is is was? Did you see a better football game this year than than Alabama Georgia Part One? This year, Alabama Georgia Part Two <laughs> was pretty darn good. It was <laughs> as as well. But given the stakes, you know, Part One was hard to top. It's, I mean, same field even. It's crazy. I mean, I mean, it, it, it is. It's it, it is crazy, and of course the same team. And then the wins. Super Bowl with with the craziness of the backup quarterback and the invincible Patriots. Oh, and then Doug Peterson's crazy calls, and no, it was that was great stuff. Set the tone for a very interesting year. Um, that one particularly an upset. I think for me. Uh, and I know the Daily Press and the Virginia Pilot will have kind of a look back at the year, some moment, top moments. But for me, the, there is no bigger moment than it, it, statewide than Virginia, UMBC, and the NCAA tournament. No, there's not. And I, I feel badly that that's the defining moment for a Virginia season that was so historic on the flip side. You know, to only have lost before that night two games the the entire year to go through the ACC gauntlet 17-1 and one in the regular season, then to sweep the, the three games in the conference tournament in Brooklyn, to have gone 12-0 and 0 away from home against ACC competition. I mean, it was what the Cavaliers did was extraordinary, and then the way they exited was equally extraordinary. As everyone knows, the first number one regional seed ever to lose to a number 16 since they started doing such things in 1985 with with those seeds. And it's just remarkable, and then equally remarkable, if not more so, has been Virginia's reaction to it from Coach Tony Bennett down through the staff, through the players, Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, everyone who endured, and I think that's exactly the proper verb, who endured that night in Charlotte, the way they have since responded to it with not only determination, but also a certain amount of, 
of good nature and humor and perspective. And for 18 and 19 and 20-year-olds, I think that's pretty darn impressive. Well, the interesting thing, I mean, that chapter is closed. But the story may not be written yet. I oh, mean, absolutely it, not. At least for Tony Bennett and at least for those guys um, in that locker room. I mean, the bad thing about it is somebody like you who followed the team and, and was at a lot of games and reported on it will always remember those wonderful things you mentioned about what this regular season and the ACC tournament will was. But the average person is never going to think about anything ever about that season other than that tournament game. No one, Tony Bennett, outside of maybe winning a national championship or races some of it, but he's always going to be linked to that game. Well, sure. And 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 hopefully to the the grace that he showed afterwards, because I think that really caught a lot of people off guard. He's not, you know, a bomb thrower type coach um, who would go into the media room afterwards and tell everybody to bleep off and be done with it. I mean, he he showed so much grace in that moment that that's going to stick with people too. But that is a that's like getting sprayed with a skunk. It, it, it's going to take a long time to come off. Well, just just think. I mean, Virginia's obviously off to an undefeated start this season. Let's say the Cavaliers go into the tournament, even just as a two, and I say even as a two or a three. I seed. think we would both be shocked if they weren't a top three seed. Yeah, yeah, I. I among the top 12 teams entering the tournament, I, I would think so. I'd be very so. surprised. You know, Shocked it, is probably a bad word. I'd yeah, be really surprised. Yeah, unless Kihei Clark's injury is, is longer term or, or they have some other bumps personnel-wise. Yes, I'd be surprised if they weren't a top three seed. But the pressure is, is going to be immeasurable on them. And, and it's going to be unique because no one's – no one's ever faced this before. You were the first number one seed to lose. Are you going to continue to lose to lower-seeded teams? Or are you, are you going to advance, maybe spring an upset in the regional semifinals? Or? Well, the, well the, the book before was about how they couldn't get the job done you know, they couldn't protect that lead against Syracuse, Syracuse right? They couldn't right. finish finish the drill. And now there's a completely different way to look at them. And I think I, they're going to go into those press conferences, and that's all they're going to be asked about is yeah. UMBC. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some freedom in thinking that, well, we we can't be more embarrassed. <laughs> we can't feel more devastated than, than that game made us feel. And they can play with a little freedom. All you gotta do is clean out the first one. Once you get past the first one, those UMBC questions, I think, die. Don't you? No, because people are just—I mean, the media is relentless. And then the next wave and a different set of outlets or reporters show up. And no, if 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 Virginia is fortunate enough to make the Final Four in Minneapolis. The first question asked to somebody on that podium is going to be about UMBC. I should say, the questions for me, I think, slow down after game one, and they go away for a little while. But yeah, if you've got the national media back in front of you in, in the in what, Minneapolis, right? Yeah. 
yeah, those questions th- those questions are invariably going to come back because a lot of those people would be the first time they've been around Bennett. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think there may be a little quieting after game one. Um, Virginia Tech, both both schools should be top five seeds um, in, in the tournament. I would think. I, I would. I think that's certainly possible. I mean, that you're talking about the top twenty teams in the country at that mm-hmm. point. And and right now, Virginia's in the top five, and Virginia Tech is number thirteen. At some point, I wonder if this season Virginia Tech achieves its highest ranking ever. And right, I mean, that would be number seven because the best they've ever been is number eight. Well, if they don't develop some depth, they're going to take some lumps in the ACC. They're going to take some lumps in the ACC anyway. Sure. But both, those, both teams need to develop some depth. Right. Um, but Virginia's system probably gives them a little bit more grace, right, um, than, than Virginia Tech in that regard. I don't know. I mean, I I know Virginia plays slower yeah. than most, but I think Virginia works harder on defense than most. They do. They do. That's fair. Um, but I mean, you know, that was the both those schools, Virginia Tech getting back to the tournament the first time in back-to-back years since Del Curry played in the 80s. Um, those were two of the biggest stories in the last year, and they're going to be two of the biggest stories in the next year, right? Yeah, absolutely, because the Hokies should become – you know, th- this should be a program first making the tournament three years in a row. Yeah, I mean, the, there's, I can't envision a fall off that, that would occur that would, they'd have to have multiple injuries yeah. for them to drop to the level where they're not going back to the tournament. Mm-hmm. And I actually think it's way more likely that they're a four seed than, hell, there's more likely they're a three seed than not make the tournament at all. Yeah. Um, so, so we had that kind of mind numbing upset. You're you're in this you're in the gym. You're trying to write. Well, deadline's blown because that game ended so late. Yeah, it did. Um, but you w- were at another game this year that was uh, a historic upset involving local schools, and it was Old Dominion beating Virginia Tech in football. <laughs> or the the Monarchs were twenty eight, and and the hook maybe was a twenty eight and a half point underdogs. I mean, you're, you this year you've seen two of the biggest upsets in the history of the state. I think probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have, and the the Virginia Tech Old Dominion game was so strange on so many different levels because I mean the Monarchs couldn't have come in there in worse shape. They were zero and three with bad losses to bad teams. Yeah, to to Liberty and Charlotte. Killed by Liberty. Yeah, boat raced in the season opener. Lost Charlotte at home. No, no, lost at Charlotte. Oh, was at Charlotte. No, it, it, they, it was in the on, next game they lost the was at home. No, Fort I, Atlantic? I, I believe it was in the middle. I believe Charlotte was the third game. Fort International. Yeah. Right. That, that, that they lost at home. Although FIU turned out to be a decent team. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the the loss to Charlotte in in hindsight looks looks bad. Yeah, and the loss to Liberty looks looks terrible. Yeah. So here the Monarchs come limping in, literally. They're twenty eight and a half point underdogs, and Virginia Tech conversely was number twelve, fool's gold obviously, had beaten <laughs> had beaten Florida State. Every Florida State we was thought ranked. they were pretty good. We thought they were pretty good. <laughs> Little did we know that Florida State wouldn't even make a bowl. would be the end of their postseason streak. We talked for months, six months, about that Florida State-Virginia Tech game. Yeah, yeah. yeah so much for build-up, huh? Glad we spent all that money to go to, go to Tallahassee on Labor Day weekend. Um, but, yeah, and so Virginia Tech followed up the Florida State game 
by by beating William and Mary in, in week two. And then, you know, had that week three cancellation against East Carolina. And I wonder if in in, in I wonder in hindsight how much that affected them. If they'd have been able to get right back on the bike and play again week three at home against clearly a horrible East Carolina team. If, if the Hokies w- play that East Carolina game and win, do they then just fall flat on their faces in Norfolk? I, I, I don't know the answer to that. Obviously, we'll never know. But, but I think it's a question worth pondering. Well, the other theme around Virginia Tech this year, and it really kicked into high gear in that Old Dominion game, was just utter defensive lapses. Yeah, big, pl- big plays. For months, Virginia Tech couldn't find, out how, couldn't find their way at all on defense, and we've never seen that out of a Bud Foster team. No, and the odd thing about the Old Dominion game was – most of Virginia Tech's breakdowns post-Old Dominion were against the run. Virtually all of the breakdowns against Old Dominion were against the pass. Now, part of it, and I think a large part of it, was Old Dominion's receivers just played the games of their lives yeah they were they were good Jonathan Duhart and Travis Fulgham yeah were, were just awesome they're bigger receivers yeah. and caught some jump balls yeah and, and Virginia Tech's corners were just they're they're young and they're undersized and they just had no shot and Bud still had them out there on an island and Blake LaRusa who comes into the game in replace of in or in place of Stephen Williams the greatest relief performance that you've ever seen. I mean, he threw for four, whatever it was, almost 500 yards in relief. And they they end up winning the game by two touchdowns. 49-35, I believe, was the final. And also the game where Virginia Tech lost their starting quarterback. Lost, lost Josh Jackson f- for the year to a broken leg. And, oh, by the way, that was also – um, the end for Trayvon Hill, who was then subsequently suspended or no removed yeah, yeah. from the program. And then Ryan Willis, who who has played, we talked about last week's podcast, has played very well. Actually, we've talked about the last few podcasts. Has played oh, yeah. very well down the stretch, but it did, there was an adjustment period. Sure. No, he he distinguished himself. I thought pretty well in relief that game that night in in Norfolk, and I mean it it. it it did. It exposed the Hokies, but it's not like Old Dominion used that as some springboard <laughs> to, to to greatness either, because you know the Monarchs ended up four and eight. Right. Well, with all the all of the uh, clamoring about how bad and how south how far south Virginia Tech season was going, they still found a way to beat Virginia. Yeah, and I think that's another. You know, if you're looking back on 2018 and sports stories that matter to our readers and our customers, that's a that's a big part of it. And to extend from 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 two 
viewpoints. Number one, Virginia coach Bronco Mendenhall made such a big deal, you know, beat tech signage all over the football offices from the end of last season throughout. That's all his staff and his players saw. And that's all visitors saw. I know. I walked into those offices, and it was on the, on the flat screens throughout the halls. You walk into Bronco Menden Hall's personal office, and there it is, Beat Tech. And it had the date and everything. That's all they pointed to throughout 2018 and through self-inflicted, I would argue, wounds they didn't get it done. Lost in overtime. In some of the most fluky, like, perfect scenario for Virginia Tech ways, too. Well, I mean, to, f- to recover a fumble, to tie the game, right? It was, uh, oh, Hezekiah, to recover the fumble in the end zone. Yeah, yeah Hezekiah Crimson right at the end. Yep. Um, there, there were some other moments in that game where just you were just like, I mean, Virginia had a lead late, right? Yeah, and, and just went into a shell offensively. I, I think Robert and I and Bronco Mendenhall will long regret what they what they did on on a couple offensive series there at the close of regulation. But that being said, he made a big deal out of that game, right? That was that was what Bronco Mendenhall decided to do, and clearly uh, they were at the precipice of of getting off that losing streak, and they didn't get the job done. But by any metric, this season is a, is a success for Virginia. First winning year since 2011. I don't see how you could argue otherwise. And not only that, like there were a lot of question marks going into the season. Like I thought they'd have a losing season. I think you probably thought they were right there. I, I picked them to go five and seven. Yeah, um, they, we thought they would be okay offensively because Bryce Perkins had a lot of you know had pretty good reviews coming out of the spring, but defensively they were replacing everyone, and. Defense became, you know, kind of a hallmark, which, yes. you know, that's the head coach's mentality, right? It is. He is he is a defensive guy. Those are his chops, and they improved remarkably on, on that side of the football, you know, thanks in large measure to guys like Bryce Hall and Juan Thornhill and Zane Zandier and uh, all, all kinds of Chris folks. Peace. Chris Peace. Chris Peace was outstanding. Uh, senior linebacker from Denby, uh, he had a terrific year—six, seven sacks. Yeah, um, they both have bowl games. Um, just a quick look. I, I, well, let me finish a couple more things about this year, and then we can actually kind of look ahead to next year. Okay. Um, I, I, I think uh, just going back over the year uh, one of the bigger stories for the peninsula was the maybe the biggest story for the peninsula was the retirement of of Jimmy, Jimmy Laycock, Laycock at William and Mary it's t- t- to me and I, th- this is my world and I've lived here for for three decades but when you're talking about a college football coach a division one college football coach who lasts 39 years on the job at his alma mater no less it's a it's a huge story, and it, obviously it, it was for us. And I consider it one of the privileges of my career, literally. And I've you know I've been to a lot of events and been to a lot of games, but 
for Coach Laycock to be gracious enough to give me complete access on the day of his final game. That I really enjoyed it, and I was really grateful to him. You know, I met him at, I don't know what time it was that morning there at, at the Laycock Center, and I sat in on staff meeting and was in the locker room before the game and at halftime and after the game when he shed a tear or two talking to his squad because it didn't end well. Yeah, they, they they played poorly, especially on offense in in the season-ending loss to Richmond, and finished four and six instead of five and five. But it was ju- just to watch that, and what an what an amazing run he had at a school that has uncompromising academic standards, and he reached the playoffs ten times and did it the right way and. And then to be replaced by a former assistant coach of his who has 757 roots, went to high school. Local kid. Yeah, yeah, Mike London. He's not a kid. Heck, he's almost (laughs) as old as I am. Um, Local guy. Yes. Who also was the head coach at at the flagship university in the state, right? Well, Virginia Tech would argue. Uh, but but he, he, he <laughs> won a national title at Richmond. Won a national title at, at, at Richmond. Was the head coach at UVA for six years, and uh, when the head coach at Howard for two. Yeah, and really did some nice things there with, with the Bison. They were on a bad stretch before he took over, and he turned it around on a dime. So he's he, he's done it, Mike has had success at Richmond where he took over a tailor-made roster ready to compete and won a national championship as a rookie head coach. And then the following year reached the, I think it was the quarterfinals. I don't think they made the semifinals in in year two. Didn't have success at Virginia. Was the ACC coach of the year in 2011 when he took the Cavaliers to the Peach Bowl and they lost to Auburn at an eight-win year. But then... You know, in, in the MEAC at Howard, takes over a, a, a program that's on, on the downswing and turns it. Experience recruiting at oh, yeah. very good academic institutions. Being yeah. Virginia, great, obviously great school. Howard, one of the best HBCUs academically in the country. Oh, he's worked at Boston College. Yeah. and No, he's absolutely accustomed to, to recruiting to academically oriented universities which makes him a pretty darn good fit i would think um okay so i'll, I'll see see a, a a little bit of turnover also at james madison when mike houston goes to east carolina mm-hmm. they just hired the coach at elon yeah um which is a, a fellow caa school right the only team to win in harrisonburg the last three years can't beat them join them no if you can't beat them hire <laughs> that's, them. Right, that's right that's right yeah kurt signetti comes to uh, Harrisonburg from from Elon. Now, you know he's he's only a year or two younger than I am. He's in his mid to late fifties. I'm fifty nine. I think he's fifty six or fifty seven. So it's not the prototypical hire, maybe that a high level FCS school might make. You think, oh, the younger skew younger yeah. and, and such. I don't think they have to worry about him using JMU 
as a stepping stone. This feels like, if it works out, like a destination job for him. Which, you know, the two powerhouses over the last five years, maybe four years in, in, in FCS – at JMU and North Dakota State both just lost lose, their coaches. Both yeah. lose their coaches, yeah. North Dakota State's coach headed to Kansas State, mm-hmm. and they're playing for the national championship against, yeah, against Eastern, Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington, which, which beat Maine, and North Dakota State promoted from within, I believe. Yeah. Uh, that they've, they've certainly got things rolling up in, in the Fargo Dome. Uh, all right, let's look ahead to next year, uh, 2019. Sure. One, one other thing oh, that, ahead, that, sure. that, that I would mention just in terms of 2018, and I know it's not college-oriented and, and a little off our radar, but I think the fact that the Kings Mill Championship yeah, yeah. landed a, a, a title sponsor and really kind of secures the future of that event here in, in Hampton Roads Obviously, a high-profile champion in 2018 with Aria Jutanagarn. Yeah, she was. I just saw ESPN had their list of most dominant athletes in 2018, and she was like number three. Is that right? Yeah. Well, she, she had a great year. It's the second time she's she's won it at, at Kings Mill, and then the fact that they were able to to land that elusive title sponsor, I think, is a big deal. And an electric finish. I mean, extra holes. Um, we were out there. It was a fun, fun rain shortened event this year. Yeah, but but a lot of excitement on the final day, um, and the only professional major level sporting event we have on the peninsula. True, and Hampton Roads. Period. Yeah. Um. So okay, 2019. You All mentioned right. golf. Why don't we just start with Tiger Woods? Is it, what is he going to win a major in? Yeah. What do you think? I sure hope so. I just. I'm all in. I mean, if, if if he's on the board, I'm watching, and I and I'm I'm not only watching casually. I'm riveted. I don't want to miss a shot. If if that dude's in contention on the back nine Sunday at a major, leave me alone. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> there's always for for now seven or eight years. Is Tiger back? Is Tiger back? Golf is back. Yeah, I'll say that that him playing well has has brought golf back into the major sports prism. You know, he's not playing well. Golf is a minor sport. I love it. Yeah. I watch every week. Oh, I know you do. But it is not a major sport. But he's involved. It you, Tiger's involved. You're ju- it's jumping hockey, and maybe jumping. It's probably jumping baseball in terms of ratings, yeah. in terms of interest. So, um, yeah, I I don't think he's going to win one, but. That doesn't gonna. That's not gonna stop me from paying extra attention. Yeah, I I, I fear that that you're correct. And he's got. There's so many foils out there. I mean, Brooks Kepka is now the two-time defending U.S. Open champion, first repeat winner since Curtis Strange, in '88 and '89. And oh, by the way, Kepka also added the, the PGA. So the toughest, fields in the history of the sport are, are there now. I mean that's before Kepka won. That's why you see so many different winners of yeah. majors. There's so many good players. Yeah, Spieth and DJ. And I mean, gosh, Rory yeah. and yeah, it, it goes on. Yeah. All right. So now we'll let, now we'll jump back to okay. some local stuff. Sure. Um, Virginia Tech's gonna have a quarterback uh, oh, competition. Oh, it's gonna be fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, who do you think has the leg up going into the practice, and who do you project to come out? Well, 
I think a lot depends on the bowl New Year's Eve. I mean, if, if, if Ryan Willis goes lights out again against the nation's number seven defense, that's got to propel him somewhat going into the spring, right? In, in the eyes of the coaches, in the eyes of his teammates. I mean, I think Willis goes into the spring as number one. I think it's probably. But I think Josh Jackson will get more work in the spring because he's coming off yeah. the injury, and they want to get him back into form. And he still has more experience in the system than Willis does. And, you know, if, if forced to answer, I would say Jackson still. But, again, if, if Willis goes off against Cincinnati, I'd probably have to rethink that. I think Willis is one going in. I think Jackson's number one coming out. Okay. Um, you know, we, we talked – this I'm, I'm get, we recorded back to back, so I'm getting my podcast confused. We talked about Justin Fields transferring from Georgia. He was the number one record, one number one player, I think, overall last year in the recruiting class. Mm-hmm. Virginia Tech's got a, a quarterback that's highly recruited. Uh, at, at what point do you have to start considering playing time and things like that to keep kids help, happy before they transfer? Virginia Tech lost a couple guys late in the season to transfers. Right. Well. I- I don't think you can play a kid to keep him happy yeah. at the, the expense of a team. You, ju- you just Do you can't. have to give him more of a look than you maybe normally would? Maybe. But, you know, they've got two freshman quarterbacks. Yeah, I know. So they've got Quincy Patterson and Hendon Hooker. One of them probably leaves, right? You would think. Based on what happens in the spring. Yeah. One would think so. Um, all right. So, Virginia. Will not have a quarterback controversy. No. Uh, Arguably, by the way, behind only Trevor Lawrence, is there a quarterback, is there a returning quarterback in the ACC you'd rather have than Bryce Perkins? Oh, probably not. I'd have to look. but there, prob- I mean, number one, there aren't it's that been, many. But, I mean, the only – Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. Would and be, he's wildly inconsistent. No, give me Bryce Perkins every day Yeah, before Daniel Pitt's Jones. quarterback, Pickett, he played well at mm-hmm. times, but – was completely overmatched in the bowl game. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. Um, Virginia, so... Nobody the, at Miami, that's for sure. <laughs> so what does Virginia lose? Like, what, uh, in terms of personnel, like, they, they, Chris Peace is yeah. gone. Mm-hmm. He was the captain. I don't know if he's a captain, but yeah, one yeah, of the no, he, key players on defense. No, they lose a lot of their best defenders. Which didn't hurt them that much this year. Right. Having to replace Micah Kaiser and... Uh, Oh, who's the who is the? Oh, safety? Quinn Blanding. Yeah, 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 and Andrew Brown. Yes, and they have found a way to play maybe even better team defense this year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and they also lose Alameda Zacchaeus. That one hurts. Yep, Reed. No, Joe Reed's back. Okay, he's, so you've he, got he, he's a junior. Jordan uh, Jordan Ellis, the running back, is a senior. So can Reed? Can you can flex Reed, Reed into, into, into that? Yeah, yes. Zacchaeus role. Yes, uh, you would think so. Similar skill set. Zacchaeus is such an underrated player, I think. I mean, I know he was first team he was. all ACC. Mm-hmm. But because his yards per catch, he's not as explosive over the top as other guys. I don't right. think he gets looked at in the same um, same way that other receivers do. I think that's, that's probably a, a, a fair assessment. But, no, he's – 
you get him in open space, and man, he's a load to tackle. Yeah. Uh, so, what are your expectations for Virginia next year to uh, to keep pro- progressing? Yeah, I think the Cavaliers are. I don't think they're going to win the Coastal. They should. Why not? But but yeah, I mean, why couldn't? Why can't they contend? Who else? Yeah, and I, and oh by the way. The schedule is not taxing in the least. I'm not going to be able to rattle off their their non-conference, but it's not that challenging. Well, okay. And, and, and nor, by the way, is Virginia Tech's. They both play Notre Dame. That's a tough one. In fact, they both play in South Bend next year. Are you listening, budget folks? We have two football teams playing in South Bend in 2019. And, oh, by the way, Virginia Tech also plays in Miami and in Atlanta. Yeah, as nice as it was this year, it's the reverse next yes. year. So what uh, What did you – have you been to a game at Notre Dame? Yeah. I, I was there with Virginia Tech in 2016. Uh, next year, Virginia's non-conference is William & Mary. Mm-hmm. Old Dominion. Right. Old Dominion plays both Tech and UVA in September on the road. And Liberty. Yeah. And then they go to South Bend. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty manageable non-conference schedule. Yeah, three and one. Better than the next year when they go to Georgia to start the season. Yeah, and that's at not the, at Georgia. That's at Mercedes-Benz. Right, right, yeah. right. It's at Georgia. <laughs> yeah. I promise you it's at it's Georgia. It's in Georgia, and it might as well be at Georgia. And then the next year, I don't know why I'm playing this game, but Illinois at BYU, Notre Dame. Ooh. That's a rough one. Yeah. Um, so. And Virginia Tech next year plays Notre Dame, Old Dominion, Furman, and East Carolina. I believe I have that that's right. That's right. <laughs> the tough at in Greenville game. Yeah. Next year. But yeah, they've got Old Dominion and Furman both. East Carolina will be better coached. I don't know if East Carolina will be better. I think they'll have to be. But the yeah, they can't be worse. Uh, but they will be exponentially well, better. Regardless coached. of how Mike Houston left, Jamie, Jamie, he's a good football coach. Yes, he is. All right. So what I was going to say is so looking at the coastal division, right? Mm-hmm. So you have. Miami, they just lost their defensive coordinator, which was the strength of their team. Mm-hmm. Their quarterback situation is a nightmare. It's totally And they, I don't think they even have a quarterback recruit coming in next year as of this point right now, right? Virginia Tech, I mean, it's not like they broke the world open this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgia Tech's completely retooling their offense. Yep. Pitt showed some promise. Yeah. Well, uh, they Pitt, played in the ACC championship I was say, game. Hello, Pitt's the the reigning champion. Duke could have a really good quarterback coming back. Well, a, a highly thought of quarterback coming yeah. back. Not, not in this room, but some people think highly of of Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. Why not Virginia winning the ACC Coastal Division next year? Yeah, I I don't think it's inconceivable. I think they're going to get some first place votes which is something they hadn't gotten this year. They might, yeah. And I think Virginia Tech probably will get some first-place votes. Virginia will have the best returning quarterback in the division. It, and, it, and when's the last time, i.e. never, that you've ever said that about UVA? And when I say Virginia has got a chance to win the Coastal next year, I don't think they're going 10-2 and two to win it. I think, much like this year, 
a very average team can win the coastal next year. Five and three. Yeah. Six and two. Yeah, that that right. Unless something changes, unless there's a dynamic player that comes on the scene, Coastal Division is not shaping up to be very very strong yeah. next year. I don't think. And you've got, you know, how does Mac Brown get it? What what's it, what's his impact in North Carolina? Yeah, I think that's going to be a little bit tougher than a one year deal, don't yeah. you? Yeah, I don't I don't see the Tar Heels winning the winning the division by any stretch. Much closer to us than than those is basketball and we talked about that a little bit but do you think that where do you see those guys ending up in the tournament virginia tech and virginia yeah, how far what, what are your expectations for if they don't get to this point maybe it's a little bit of a disappointment virginia tech needs to win a game yes virginia tech needs to advance in the tournament for the first time since 2007 that's i mean that's obvious i mean they're they're that good they've lost the last two years in the first round as eight, nine seeds, you know, and, you know, they were going to end up playing the number one in the second round if they advance. But this year they should be better than the eight, nine game. Five, 12, man, that's scary. <laughs> but I think the Hokies are sweet 16 potential. I if, do too. If not better. If they could stay healthy. Yeah. And then I think, I think Virginia, if Virginia's not in the sweet 16, I think it's a it's a disappointing year. I think for g- sure g- them, g- given how they've how they've started. I think Virginia Tech needs to win a game, um, and there will be some exhaling when that happens. But based on where they're at, yeah, they should be a Sweet Sixteen team. They're ranked thirteenth in the country, and I think that's about where they should be. Mm-hmm. Virginia should absolutely be a Sweet Sixteen team, particularly coming off of what just happened. But they're a top ten team in the country. There's no reason they shouldn't be playing it in the second weekend. Yeah. No, I, it, it could be – and that's never happened to have Tech and UVA – I'd have to go back and, and look. You know, Tech hasn't been in the Sweet 16 in forever. I believe they've only been there once. And when they got there, it they only had to win one game to do it. So – uh, you know, adv- advancing two rounds would, would be extraordinary for them. And certainly Tech and UVA have never both been in the Sweet 16. Now, we've had state teams, two state teams in the Sweet 16 before. Heck, we had VCU and Richmond both in the Sweet 16 uh, the same year uh, one time. But uh, All right. I'm going to play a little prediction game with you. Okay. Does VCU get in? No. Too challenged offensively. Does ODU get in? Better chance than, than, than VCU. Although I say that, Old Dominion's arguably in a one-bid league. But with, 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 the experiment with, with, this year, we'll, cha- maybe we'll see if that changes, right? We'll see. And VCU is not in a one-bid league, one league traditionally in, in the Atlantic 10. But I like Old Dominion's team better than I like VCU's team. Does Radford get in? No, because I don't think the favor the favorites more times than not don't win the the true one bid leagues. And there's no other path for them for sure. Oh no. Anybody else in the state? I, I mean, I think Liberty is. You know, got a, always got a puncher's chance. Richie McKay runs a terrific program there. 
So you never can't, you know, they'll, they'll be in the Big South along with, with Radford. Um, and this is their last year in the Big South, right? They go to Atlantic Sun, is that right? Yes. Football, they're not, obviously, they'll be yeah, I don't think they're in the Atlantic Sun this year. Ugh. I don't think so either. But um, that's a, the Atlantic Sun's a, well, I guess you can, year in and year out, you can challenge which one's a better basketball league. The Atlantic Sun's had a lot of success recently with Mercer and Florida Gulf For, Coast. Yes, exactly. Mercer now in, in the uh, Southern Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, okay. So we'll see how that turns out. Um, what else? Super Bowl. Who you got? Oh, well, we don't even know who's in the playoffs yet. <laughs> I know. I'm going to – who's going to win the 2022 World Series? <laughs> in the Super Bowl, New Orleans, I, I just think that's that's chalk. It's not going to be New England. It's not going to be Pittsburgh. It's not going to be the Colts. You like the Chiefs then? I, I like one of the two AFC West teams. Yeah. Whoever wins that division has yeah. got the inside track. Yeah, the Chiefs are the Chargers. The Chiefs are so bad defensively. Yeah, but when Eric Berry gets back kind of I mean, they in can't the mix, stop the run. No. The Chargers are definitely better defensively. But Phillip Rivers, I don't know. i got to see it, man. I know that's a, a fallacy to think mm-hmm. that somebody can't win because they never have. But he's just never been able to – he's never been to the Super Bowl. He's never been able to – they've never delivered in big games. Nope, they, they have not. But, hey, nor has Kansas City. Not, no, Andy Reid has – Dude, you know, Kansas City of, hasn't been to the Super Bowl since Hank Stram roamed the sidelines. I believe – I saw this graphic the other night that Kansas City has lost six consecutive playoff games at home. Yeah, last year they were explosive, and then they laid a goose. I think they may scored a touchdown against Pittsburgh in the playoffs. I don't, man, this is such a stupid thing, but I, I don't know how can, I can discount this, the Patriots. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I, I think the Texans play enough defense, and I love yeah, – we haven't even – I love Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Watson. Um, and, and New Hopkins, there's a lot to like there, too. Yeah, if Fuller wasn't hurt and they had it – Demarius Thomas, maybe if he can develop a true to be a true number two. Um, I, I don't love the running game, uh, but I don't know. I, I like the Patriots. I don't know why. It's stupid. They're, they've shown no because reason. Because the Patriots could be the three seed. I know. If the Texans win out, the Patriots end up being the three seed. Yeah. How do you like the Patriots playing in San Diego? How do you think that's going to go for the Chargers? Yeah. <laughs> I think the Patriots coming into NRG Stadium is going to go for the for the Texans. I think the Patriots are three and five on the road. They're year. old, and Gronkowski looks very, very beaten up and old. Mm-hmm. Um, so give me San Diego and New Orleans. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Drew Brees' history with the, with the Chargers, yeah. and, and the and mm-hmm. the Saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Saints uh, are clearly win clicking the best team of the NFC. Yeah. But since Mark Ingram's come back, they've stopped using Kamara as much. And I feel like Although Kamara had the, the one touchdown he did last, last night, night, right? Yeah. He he, I feel like they've been a little less dynamic. And for some reason, Sean Payton has to get, like give Taysom Hill the ball a lot. Yeah. And it's weird. Bronco like, Mendenhall approves that. Why, of why, that does, why would you take the ball out of Drew Brees' hands? Yeah. Um, in the NFC, Jared Goff's been terrible recently. Mm-hmm. I don't trust the Cowboys. Oh, you, have, you should have no faith in the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, I guess this. In, what in, about Chicago? 
Mitchell Trubisky. He's played well, uh, and their defense is great. Uh, I. How about a Trubisky Mahomes Super Bowl? Yeah, that'd be crazy. If the game, if if Chicago's the number one seed, I like the Bears. Anything else, I like the Saints. Okay. And then I like the Patriots if they can if they can grab a top two seed. If not, man, I'm throwing a lot of caveats in yeah. there. If not, I like the Chiefs. I love watching the Chiefs. Chiefs are so much fun to watch. They are. And Andy Reid seems like such a good dude. Well, he's been so close so many times. Yeah. He got to one Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They probably should have won that game. Uh, I don't know if they should have won. They had a chance to win that game. They did. And he is clearly one of the best offensive minds that the game has ever seen. Um, so I'll say Chiefs Chiefs and, and Saints, but my caveat being the Patriots and and Bears. And I know you like Alabama to win the national championship. Of course I do. Right, and I like Clemson. I've been on the Clemson bandwagon from the start. And I like Duke to win the basketball title. No. I know you won't pick that. No, I won't. <laughs> but I know you're not going to pick Virginia. So no. where So where are you at? North yeah. Carolina? Yeah, where would I be with that? Michigan? John Beeline. There you go. God, I want that guy to win a title. Yeah. That'd be so great. Yeah, it would. No one deserves it more than that guy yeah. who hasn't won one, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give me B-line. The coaching fraternity would rejoice at that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else we need to talk about other than saying uh, Happy New Year. Uh, oh, my, uh, finally, as an Atlanta sports fan, got a championship <laughs> in 20, 2018. Congratulations <laughs> to your MLS champions. Just so happened to happen on the soccer pitch and not any of the other places I would hope it would have won. Uh, but uh, the Braves are going to be strong next year. Uh, Where's Bryce Harper going to sign? Oh, man. I don't know. Mrs. Teal is extraordinarily interested in this. Not answer. D.C. Well, she, she just doesn't want it to be Philadelphia. She doesn't want him playing the Nats 18 times a year. I don't know if that's so bad. If It just depends on what Bryce Harper you get. He wasn't very good this year. No, he wasn't. Um, oh, Man, if the Phillies get Machado, if they were to get Machado and Harper instantly, they changes the whole calculus of the division. But the Mets have been really proactive in the Mm offseason. The Braves were good last year and and I think are going to add a little bit more firepower. Um, Man, you're talking about the Nats are still – I mean, the Nats still have pitching and are going to be good. The Phillies are improving. That's going to be a hell of a division, maybe the best division in baseball outside the AL East. I am not a seam head by any stretch, but I'll just – Toss one question out to you before we close shop. Dodgers, by the way. That's where I'll predict. He's yeah. Speaking of the Dodgers, after the stunts he pulled with the Dodgers, would you want Manny Machado on your team? Hell yes. Okay. Because, truth be told, Manny Machado is a better baseball player than Bryce Harper. Mm -hmm. Statistically, at a position of importance. Yeah. Shortstop. Defensively, he's great. Yeah, um, he's probably grow into a third baseman more as he gets older. But yeah, I I like I love Machado. He's such a great baseball player. I feel so bad that he languished kind of in Baltimore. Um, but you know, wash away some of that bad feelings by the way he acted in the playoffs. Oof. I don't think it's gonna cost him any money. Uh, I heard he's visiting the White Sox. I've heard they got a lot of money to spend. Okay, who wants to play for the White Sox? I I don't know. Who I mean, who wants to play for the Phillies? 
I, yeah, I wouldn't want to play in either of those towns. I mean, I mean, I play Philly, for the Cubs, but I'm not playing for the Philly. Philly's a small ballpark, so you're going to put up some big numbers there. Fans there are brutal. They are, and Bryce Harper has had some up and down seasons. And uh, you know, I mean, if you really want to go somewhere where you're going to go crazy, New York will be the place with that porch yeah. and right field. But uh, I think he ends up in in L.A. I think Machado ends up in Philly. Okay. And that division, you know, if, if you're if you're a baseball fan of, of the Nationals, that that's going to be a, a fun division to watch next year because the Braves have a lot of young talent. I actually thought they peaked a year before they were going to. I think this year is going to be the year where those guys really come come into their own. Acuna's a future star, uh, and the Phillies should be better than Mets can't be worse and they still got pitching <laughs> and they may get real real muto because the marlins seem just destined to give every piece every they have away player away yeah. uh gosh i hope they're i hope secret uh uh messages come out that jeter is just trying to litter the yankees with good players <laughs> working from the inside and the nats will be good so that'll be fun anything else I, that's all i got <laughs> well uh we hope everybody has a great new year um, we look forward to, to reaching back and, and chatting with everybody. We'll talk about the bowls uh, for Virginia Virginia Tech the next time we chat. Yeah, and we'll playoff to, games. We'll be and able everything. to preview the national championship game of football. And we'll be hip deep into the conference basketball. So yep. it, it's going to be a it's going to be a longer podcast when we when that's we right. The first of January. All right, everyone, have a good New Year. Take care, everyone. Mm-hmm.